0: Chris Lee of Southeastern 14 here, joined by my good friend, Trey Wallace, as we react for the second time today. I've done this live once already, and boy, that was fun for a number of reasons. To Nick Saban's retirement, I think news that that floored us all. Trey, thank you for joining us at a time where I don't even want to know. Like Your phone must be going dead with all the texts and the calls you're getting, first of so- all, and, and thank you for joining us.
1: So, you—I mean, we—we we text. We have a group text. Me and me and you and, and a good buddy of ours, David Changis. And um, you know, I got back from from Houston. It was supposed to be—it uh, was supposed to be time to unplug and and relax for about four or five days and just sure soak in the season. You know what I mean? Just like chill out. Don't open the computer. You know, we have to do that in our business. Nick Saban decided this afternoon, screw your vacation, Trey Wallace, and your break. You better start getting to work. And um, just uh, an incredible, you know, I know we'll get into it. Like, we we knew this was going to come in the next two years. You know, I, w- I was thinking after next season. Um, but the fact that we're here, Chris, and it's a reality, I think that – I've already, that coach is blowing me up. You know, assistant coaches, I've talked to a couple coaches in the Southeastern Conference, a couple coaches, power five level. Um, It's a a moment that I don't think anybody was prepared for, even though they knew it was coming. I I talked to someone this afternoon who's pretty well dialed into that
0: program. And I just said, were you shocked? He said, you know, I, I think, and I'm trying to remember exactly what this guy told me, but I think they thought that either his 75th birthday or winning another national title or, or maybe something or, or no, it was, it was either 75th birthday or just got exhausted by NIL yeah. or, or maybe something that was along the lines of a personal emergency. I have no idea what the the driver was, but that was this guy's take on it. This guy's pretty well plugged into things um, and has been right on a bunch of stuff. And, and so that was, that was sort of the vibe in Tuscaloosa in and around that football program that, that he had perceived.
1: it It's amazing to think that I know you've heard this and I've, I've talked with some folks too. It's amazing that Nick Saban was talking with potential candidates about. Yes. I heard that about, too. Yesterday. That position. Um, yesterday. And I was even told this, this morning, uh, if people are watching this on Thursday or Friday, whenever Wednesday morning, Nick Saban was talking to potential candidates um, about the 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 open spot, just like he does every year. You know, looking towards the future, defensive coordinator. Let's not forget, Kevin Steele is no longer going to be around. Um, so he was talking to candidates, and I always always figured it was going to happen the way that it happened today. Uh, Nick Saban and Chris Lowe have a really great relationship. Chris Lowe, a great reporter. Um, mm-hmm. I always kind of figured that. And I was kind of joking with some folks at the SEC title game. Like, this is going to be something where Nick just texts Chris and be like, hey, I'm retiring. You can put it out. There's not going to be a statement. And to show you how – I'm not going to say not prepared because Alabama's always prepared for things. But Alabama did not release a statement about Nick Saban retiring until – Two and a, two hours and forty-five minutes after it was reported on social media, Alabama finally released a statement. Wow, that said in part, you know, I'll, I'll say so to people, University of Alabama has been a very special place to Terry and me. that's his wife. Uh, we have enjoyed every minute of our seventeen years being the head coach at Alabama, as well as becoming a part of the Tuscaloosa community. It is not just about how many games we won and lost, but it's about the legacy and how we want. Uh, how we went about it we always tried to do the right way the goal was always to help players create more value for their future be the best player they could be and be more successful in life because they are part of the program hopefully we have done that we will always consider alabama our home um Hold hold that thought. I've I've got yeah. a follow up question for you. I want
0: to remind people the video brought to you by Bet Online with NFL playoffs around the corner, NBA season in full swing. Bet Online has you covered with all the up to the second odds, news and scores. With additional lines, trends on both mobile and desktop, you can access the world's best wagering information online anytime. Head there today, get in the action, see the updated odds. Remember to use the promo code Believe. That is B L E A V. Get your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, bet online with the game starts. Okay, here's what I was going to ask you. Yeah. That seems so un Nick Saban like. In, in other words, here's what I mean. Like Nick Saban is so detail oriented. Yeah. That the fact that it came out that much later, and like you, you would think, like if I said, how's Nick Saban going to retire? I, I would think maybe Chris Lowe or somebody gets the head uh, heads up. But then there's a university press release that comes out five minutes later to, to, you know, give give Chris his day in the sun or whatever. And then that the, the fact that it was like that and, and that abrupt and, and even the statement being sort of abrupt. Just I think begs
1: some well, questions. They always have. Uh, they always had the detailed history and everything that, you know, this is what Nick Saban did. This is where Nick Saban was, blah, 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 like. You know, I'm sure Josh Max and those folks in Alabama have had that done for a while, whenever, you know, that would come out. But it's the statement part. You know, it's statement from Greg Byrne, the AD. It's a statement from Nick Saban, which I don't doubt one bit, that was Nick Saban's statement. That wasn't something that was written by a publicist or anything like that. Or, you know, ghostwriting, you know how that goes. Um, that was 100% Nick Saban. Um, but the way that it happened – Caught me off guard. I didn't think, look, I didn't think this would be some NASCAR thing. I and mean, if you watch NASCAR, you understand what I'm saying. Where announcer, a driver announces he's going to retire after this season that's coming up. So every track that they go to, yeah. or like a baseball player, like Derek Jeter and whatnot. They but the Jeter,
0: tour, right, or the, the Jeter Mariano Retirement
1: Tour or the Mariano Rivera. Probably, yeah, probably, probably a better understanding on this show with Jeter maybe compared to NASCAR. But who knows, though? Um, but getting gifts out at every single stadium yeah. that he goes to, Nick Saban didn't want that. Nick Saban wasn't gonna have that. He wasn't gonna go pose at midfield with the opposing coach, you know, before every game. Um, but I think I think today's announcement, how it went down, you know, uh there were there were staff members that didn't know. Uh there mm-hmm. were staff members that found out five minutes before Nick Saban went in and spoke with the players and a lot of that has to do with uh excuse me for the noise a lot of that has to do with you want to keep it in wrap in house you know what i mean you don't want it to get out you know not saying an assistant coach would you know but a assistant coach might call his agent and be like hey man look hey that's money? that's Dude.
0: impossible to keep quiet you you right. even
1: hint to anybody
0: and it's going to touch off everything
1: you i i would i would i I would go as far to say and Jimmy Sexton has been Nick Saban's agent for a very long time. I think I think it was since since he entered the college football game, if I'm not mistaken, at Michigan State as a head coach. I would even go as far to say that maybe Jimmy didn't even know, maybe until maybe the last week or so, because Saban probably didn't know. You know what I yeah. mean? Like this, this kind of feels like and Nick Saban's a different cat, okay. But you don't go from interviewing potential candidates to saying, all right, you know, he, he hangs up with one candidate's like, you know what? Damn, like I don't really feel like doing this anymore. Uh, I'm done. Let me text Chris yeah. and be like, hey, I'm out. You know what I mean? Like, so I think I think a lot, I think the timeline will be very interesting over the next couple of days. Um, I was going back and forth. I'm interested in your thoughts on this. I was going back and forth with 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 a a head coach. And I said, you know, I don't, I don't see Nick Saban standing up at a podium and answering questions for 20 minutes from the media about why he made the decision to do it. Like I, I it, 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 and maybe I'm wrong on that, but like, I, I just, do you, do you, do you think something like that? Do you think Nick's going to do that? Because here, here's your timeline. Uh, you're not going to interfere and do it this weekend with Tua playing if you're Alabama. Uh, you can't do it on Monday, Martin Luther King Day. Uh, the only time you'd be able to really do it is like Friday or maybe Tuesday. And if anything, it would be more or less of like a celebration, you know, of Nick, a thank you on yeah. the way out type of deal. Like, how do you think it goes down? Because I can go forth on a press conference angle. My, my question to you was, and I've been I've been
0: tied up with family stuff all afternoon in between doing videos and stuff. Yeah. So I had I was going to ask you, like, when's the press conference? Because that was my next question. That's like what I'm waiting for is I want to see this thing and what he says. So I guess you're telling me as we're doing this, there's not been one
1: scheduled? There has not been one scheduled. Uh, that's, before, that's interesting. The only thing Alabama's put out is there. Uh, there's Nick Saban's statement. Uh, Miss Terry put out a statement on the Nick's Kids Foundation Facebook page uh, thanking everybody. Um, but the only people, excuse that one, the only people that were, um, it seemed like the guy now was Greg Byrne and, and Nick Saban. And once they put that together, they were able to go, but, you know, surprisingly enough, they, they haven't released anything when it comes to, you know, I was joking with a coach. I was like they have this succession plan somewhere locked up in a vault, you know. With the Coca-Cola
0: recipe or whatever, right. Deep
1: inside the the territory of Tuscaloosa underneath some kind of (laughs) ground. And, you know, there's probably an oatmeal pie in there. and There's probably a piece of paper saying, this is how it's going to play out when I'm done. Um, I'm sure that is being uh, looked at now, uh, how to put together an event. Like, you know, the big thing that stands out to me is like, you know, yes, and I've I've spoken with folks over the years about this. Alabama, you know, they they know about you know how to put on an event. Like they know what they will do when it comes time. Hey, we'll we'll do it here, and we'll do it this way, this way, this way. Yeah. You know, like my press conference wise, and the timing of it. You know, I give I give Nick Saban a lot of credit, and I know I'm kind of rambling here. It's because it's just everything going on. Nick Saban waited until Wednesday afternoon at 4 o'clock Central Time to release this statement. That gave Michigan enough time to win a title on Monday night. It gave Harbaugh enough time to celebrate and bask in it on Tuesday. Uh, and then Saban decided uh, on a Wednesday. You know, so, um, you know, if Alabama – and here's the other thing, too, getting back to the leaks, Chris. If Alabama wanted to dominate the news cycle – over the last five days and that's another thing too how about i think that nobody really knew about this this thing would have been out monday during the college football national championship pregame or post-game or during the broadcast something if alabama wanted to dominate the headlines yeah um, but they decided not to you know what i mean or, or nick didn't know you know with the time so that just kind of goes i think that's another example chris of what we're getting at is the timing and who knew when and When did Nick actually decide, hey, I want to retire? See, the thing
0: that surprises me about this, like 10 years ago, I wasn't convinced that he wasn't a bot. I mean, it just was – it was so methodical. And that's a joke, of course. But I know. know, know. The the, the last few years, he had seemed more human and approachable and emotional. And and he he started becoming less of just this dude who wins to more of a, a human being that you really felt like you were starting to get to know and really liked and respected. And with that self-awareness, I guess that's why I understand the reasons why he didn't want to do it, but he's got to know his place in the game and that people are going to want to talk and ask questions. I guess that's the thing to me that
1: seems a little incomplete as we do this on a Wednesday night. Two things that stand out to me when it comes to timing. First off, and I wrote about this about an hour after it was done, the transfer portal is now open for 30 days for players on Alabama's roster. Um, I think it's starting – whenever Alabama made it official, so sometime Wednesday night when they – I don't know if you have to fax it in like a national letter of intent (laughs) or something, but once that happens, Alabama players have 30 days. Uh, This is going to – I spoke with a a head coach about this. If folks remember the 30 for 30 documentary Pony Express about Mm -hmm. SMU, when they got the death penalty, you saw in there the video of all the coaches – flocking to Dallas, that's what it's going to be like over the next two weeks. It is going to be – I feel horrible for the control tower at the Tuscaloosa Regional Airport because there are going to be coaches flying in from all across the country, big-time schools, that think that they have a chance at getting some of these Alabama players to sign with them. Um, And that's another thing that stands out to me when it comes to timing is because you're going to have the portal activity – You've also got kids that are going to have to be enrolled in school. Um, you know, I think if I'm not mistaken, and don't hold me to this, the announcement today from Saban, I don't think they had started classes back yet. So it wouldn't be held against the players if they attended a class um, mm-hmm. because NCAA rules are so stupid that if you attend yeah. one class, yeah. that towards you're locked in. You're locked in. So I, I, if I'm not mistaken, Alabama has not started classes yet. So it gives players a time to look around. Um, you know, the other thing here is the, the NIL part of this and where we are as a sport in college football. And I think that goes, uh, a long ways when it comes to what Nick Saban is probably just, you know, has decided to do, um, you know, go, you don't get a break now on this job. I've had, I've had many yeah. of coaches tell me, you know, this. I've had many of coaches, assistant coaches tell me, man, I, I need an NFL job. I got to get off to the NFL. Uh, you know, and you, and I've told you this story. T Martin, former uh, wide receivers coach at Tennessee, former quarterback and whatnot, um, you know, he told me along with a couple other coaches that he had to get out of the college game. Everything Mm -hmm. was changing so much with NIL and recruiting. He didn't have a break. He didn't get a break. These coaches don't get a break, folks. They. Nick Saban came home from losing a semifinal game, had a night off, had to be back in the office to prevent players from entering the portal and talk them out of it, and 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 handle the rest of recruiting because Alabama had that six day window after the semifinal. So, what I'm getting at is that if there was ever a time to leave. I think it would have been now, I think, with the playoffs and the way that we're going next year with 12 teams. Um, even though Alabama had a great roster coming back next year, still a lot of unknowns, you know? And, and um, when you look at it, when you really look at it right now, I think Nick Sabian was just tired of dealing with it, man. And, and Chris, mm. Chris, going back to it, again, and I, and I know we've been harping on this, but the fact that he was interviewing potential candidates. Yeah. That to me, and I and I and, I, and I'll, I'll leave this question at this. I always thought Nick Saban, not make it public, but for the kids that were committing out of high school, or the transfer portal players or whatnot, kind of yeah. give them a heads up. Hey, look, I'm not going to be around for four years. Like you're going to commit here and come play here. And Nick Saban just always felt like that guy to me that would do that and yeah. let me. The- players know. Um and not whatever, there's still another signing period to come, you know, but in general, and that, and that's not a shot at Nick Saban. I just thought that would be how he would go out. Not yeah. just, you know, I I the 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 text message to Chris Lowe or the phone call makes sense. But the other side of that, the letting letting 17, 18 year old kids know that hey, I'm not going to be around for four or five years. Um I think that was something that was interesting to me. But again, Chris, in the transfer portal in the NIL world, I think you can throw all that out the window because really what does it matter anymore? You know, besides Nick Saban's word.
0: Yeah. And, and look, it, it called, called everybody off guard. Fun, funny story this afternoon when I'm, when I'm doing my thing, like my, my nine-year-old son's getting off the bus. I'm, we got to go live and do something. It's all like, I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm hearing my kid yelling in the back of the, Hey, where's where's mom and dad? You know, and I'm. Don't my, worry about I'm it. Bad host or a bad dad? Uh, I, I, I chose bad dad, and he's he's about to go out for baseball cards. He'll forget all about this later. Oh, you're but good, it, man. Not a so bad. anyway.
1: Not well. A bad. I think, look, it, it's everybody. You know what I mean? Like the nobody's. I'd imagine Chris Lowe wasn't prepared for it. You know, when he when he brought so. Well, and and here's here's what I'm getting
0: at. Okay, we're we're doing this. We're all just kind of. You know, it's it's in the middle of our day. We got other stuff going on. We're all we're all shell-shocked with that alone, right? But the one thing that hit me later after I talked for 40 minutes or whatever was like, you know, we say this is a shock. It, it still feels like something happened that yeah. triggered this that was very sudden given how buttoned down and prepared he is for everything. Yes. But at the same time, the guy who – I mean, over the last 20 years, there's there's no coach who got to the podium and with his words and body language just screamed, I hate dealing with the media more so than Nick Saban did over most of his career. Fair? And Fair. and what did he do this year? When 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 a time when when he's got no time for anybody or anything, he's doing a show with Pat McAfee. So maybe it was just out there in front of us the whole
1: time. I think, I think there was a I think there was a part of it that was out there the whole time. I do. I think that – but I also don't think appearing on ESPN once a week for 20 minutes on a Thursday is saying, hey, I'm done. I just think – I don't know what it was. Maybe started doing yoga with Lane Kiffin uh, and started relaxing himself a little bit more. I just think he started enjoying and, and, and look, Nick Saban enjoys coaching college football. I think he allowed the public to see a different side of him. And and that could have been for a lot of reasons. That could have been because of his wife, Miss Terry, saying, Hey, look, you know, you sound really grouchy in the media. Like she said that before, like in in different terms. But I think overall, I don't think Nick Saban came into this season thinking this was it. I, I don't. I, I, I think that. Especially not the way that he's handled the season. I think, in personal opinion, this is one of Nick Saban's greatest jobs coaching in his entire yes, yes, entire career. I think this season was a stamp on his career. He didn't win the title, and that's fine. He's won enough titles, but he won an SEC title, and he and he and he broke Georgia, which seems to be the case in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And let's all let's all not forget after that Texas game. What was everybody saying? Well, you know what? It's time for it's Nick Saban. The game has passed him by. He's not the same coach anymore. Okay, what happened? They go to South Florida. He starts Ty Simpson and, and Buckner, whatever, whichever one. But Buckner started. But then he was doing it to prove a point, in my opinion. He was doing it to say, okay, you guys don't know all what you're talking about. Okay, you want to see these other guys? I know we'll win the game. I'll give you these other guys. And then it was like, "What do you do that Monday?" Jalen Milrow is our starter. No looking back, he's our starter. The guy didn't even play a snap. So I just think overall, this season, twenty twenty four, should be remembered for Alabama fans. It would be remembered a lot. He at least went out with a title and SEC championship. But to me, with all the discrepancies and talent that that roster had this year, yeah, not, and they really were. They had problems on that roster. Um, and I don't think it was development. I just think this was like the really like the first year where like a transition hit, Chris. Yeah. Alabama was struggling to figure out the transition part of it. Uh, yeah. and how to go with it without a Bryce Young or, you know, a, a defense that had 11 starters in the NFL, an offensive line that five of them would be drafted this year. I just, I, I, I will, I will say that Nick Saban what he did and how he did it with Milrow without a, you know, can everybody in the country name Alabama starting running back right now?
0: No. Okay. This is, this is, we're, we're thinking alike. Cause this is where I was going to go next. Trey. Okay. Yeah, I, I know all the talk, all the five stars, they have as much talent as anybody. I heard that before the season, heard it during the season. I'm sure that'll still be the narrative on the season after the season. And yes, they had five stars everywhere, but I watched them. And, and I said this early in the year, there are five stars and they are dudes and they had dudes like you've got a secondary out there. Some of yours trying to cover Devontae Smith and Mechie and Jerry Judy and all those guys waddle. You got a, a two up there. Um, you got a Derek Henry or, or an Ingram in the backfield. Um, you know, you, you got one, you're starting corners and safeties are usually, you know, seventy you're starting defensive backfield, usually 75% of them are going to the And look, they had guys in spots. Right. They had Kool-Aid and McKinstry. they had Dallas Turn. I'm not saying they didn't have talent, but especially on that offensive side, you didn't see what they've had anything like what they've had the past few years. And he, yeah. he took that team, which did was was I mean, I think some of his teams in the past would have beat this one by 14, Fourteen to twenty points. I think forty. Those are damn good rosters. Maybe, yeah. maybe so. I mean, Tick for and, and he still—if they can get off a snap against Michigan, I think they're beating Washington. Yes. And and maybe he's throwing his retirement down then and there when he's taking the. I mean, he wouldn't do that, but you know what I mean. I, I think
1: if, if, I think there was a vast difference, and he still almost came out on top if his defense – and it's crazy to think if his defense doesn't give up that to Michigan, you know, late in that game in the fourth quarter, Alabama's beating the brakes off Washington. I mean, yeah. you know, you, you say the Jalen Milrow snap. I say into the fourth quarter. Alabama – I mean, Michigan, you know, pushing this thing to overtime. You know, so it, it just – it's one of those things where you look at the roster and – You know, even I had a hard time this year. Like, think, okay, who's the starting running back today? You know what I mean? Like, and and it's true. You know, they, they talent wise, they had the talent, but there was just something missing from a cohesive group. And they also, and you you hit on it, they didn't have Derrick Henry back there. They didn't have, and I'm just coming up with the name because of all the time. And there are, you know what? You know, biggest difference too. We didn't even hit the offensive line? That's where the biggest difference was, equality. right? And for them to come out and say, you know, what, 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 what was the big thing this year? Oh, we're changing up our game plan. We're going back old school. We're gonna run it down your throat. That lasted for about three games, three games, and then they figured out. Well, okay. We don't yeah. have the offensive line and we sure as hell don't have the running backs right now to do what we thought we were going to do. We got to after the UCF game, USF game, we got to give this thing to Jalen Milro and let him do his thing with Isaiah Bond on the outside and Jermaine Burton and whatnot. And um I think that was the most um surprising thing to me out of out of everything as we look back on it, is a lot of people maybe can can go back on the season and rethink it. Alabama literally had to change everything about what they were going to do offensively mm-hmm. after the USF game. That's hard to do. Like, yeah. it, you brought, you brought in Tommy Reese to run one thing, and three and a half, four games in the season, you're running something completely different with a quarterback. Let's also to be honest with a quarterback that most people around the country. Didn't think could get the job done, and wondered mm-hmm. why the hell is he's the starting quarterback, and why is not Ty Simpson in there? Like that's what everybody thought about Jalen Milrow. Not everyone. I'm not trying to throw everybody together, but you know what I mean. Yeah. And so you know, Milrow ends up being a, what, what was it fifth in the Heisman race, something like something like that. Um, you know, and 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 they go knock off. You know, <laughs> you know the one thing the one thing Nick Saban did in his final season as head coach. Was was knock off old Kirby and yeah. kill that winning streak that they had and take a Nash, you know, take take an SEC championship, have a shot at playing for a national title in the semifinals. Like that's one thing he did on his way out was I got you, Kirby. You ain't gonna be able to beat me again. I got you on the way out the door now.
0: I'm I'm glad you brought that up. And, Lane, and I want I want to end in just a minute.
1: What's that? Lane can't go back. I'm sure Lane's like, damn it, I can't, I don't have another shot to beat Saban. <laughs> what am I Well, I, I wanna I want to get to Lane Kiffin in a
0: minute, but this is something interesting somebody told me tonight, and I hadn't really thought of this. The thing that Nick Saban was scared to death of. Yeah. And remember, he's a defensive-minded coach first was mobile quarterbacks. Correct. The, the thought of a play breaking down, you having everything, and then a guy scrambling just terrified him. And that got passed down to other guys in his coaching tree, Kirby Smart. So Nick Nick would a lot of times put a spy on an opposing quarterback, and that filtered down to Kirby Smart. So when they play yes. Georgia this year, and I'd have to go back and check the film, I guess, but just taking it at his word, what did Kirby do? He spied he spied Jalen Milrow, that's um, a, and a- and and got beat. What did Michigan do? They said, "Screw it! We're just gonna we're gonna play our coverage on our end, and and we're gonna handle you with our pass rushers, and we're not gonna put a spy on you." They didn't right. have guys open downfield. Michigan got it done with the four man pass rush a lot of times, and and we know the we know the story. I I just thought that was interesting that um, you know, that that the influence carried that far, but um,
1: it did, and it's and it's crazy to think, um. People learn from Nick Saban, man. Like, I think that's the best way to put it. I I don't know how easy to say it. People learn from Nick Saban, second-half adjustments. Like, that, massive in the way that Nick Saban did it as well. Um, You might have – you know, there were times where, okay, last season, Tennessee and LSU got Alabama in the fourth quarter. Um, But it didn't happen very often at Alabama where somebody was going to get you in the second half. You know what I mean? It yeah. was always Nick Saban's gonna make the, the adjustments at halftime, figure out where we're getting beat. Okay, now let's go take care of business. Um, but for, for Alabama last season, you know, they ran into the Hooker Jalen Hyatt connection where Hyatt was just, you know, Roger Rabbit, <laughs> mean, mean, down the field. Um and, and then you you know, then you then, then you gotta follow that up and you had to go to Baton Rouge and you play Jaden Daniels and You know, just just crazy games. But then, you know, you see it this season where um you know every what everybody thought, you know, this was the year Kiffin would beat Nick Saban and the talent was there. Um, you know, Sart got him, but that was about it, you know. Mm -hmm. And um to think, you know, how much of a transition he made from last year to this year, you gotta think too, guy. I mean, he brought in Tommy Reese, brought in Kevin Steele okay, let's be honest about Kevin Steele. Kevin Steele was there to be a motivator for players and do a little recruiting. He wasn't running the darn defense. Um, I mean, I think he's still collecting paychecks as his time as a three-week head coach in Knoxville. Um, so, you know, but all of that changes now. And I know we're about to get into that, but all of that changes, you know? Like, you're going to hire an offensive coordinator to be an offensive coordinator at Alabama. You're going to hire a defensive coordinator to be a defensive coordinator at Alabama. There the philosophy on college football and, and how things are going to happen, everything changes in this one moment. And and, th- and that's why, you know, it's not just Nick Saban retiring. It's we have seen how a college football program should be run from top to bottom. And you, everybody might not have agreed with Nick Saban uh, with his punishment for either players getting arrested, um, how he handled himself, off the field with the media or, or, or during his job, whatever. Everybody, You didn't like Nick Saban because he beat your team. Like, that was it. And, and, and he recruited five stars like crazy. And, you know, as the old Blue Chips movie had to say, it was always, you know, friends of the program. You know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> you and that goes over. Like, you just didn't agree. But at the end of the day, you look back and you saw, look at, the, the one game that I'll leave it this part of this. One thing that stand out to me was the whole Lane Kiffin Nick Saban thing this year, and the buildup to that game was this is this is going to be Kiffin's turn to beat him. This is going to be Kiffin's turn to beat him. You know the talk. Okay, Nick Saban's probably done. This is going to be it for Saban and blah blah. What Saban do? He just went out there and they just beat up on 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 Ole Miss. And you know that was the game to me where you saw Alabama program go from here to here. During the 2023 season, mm-hmm. and um, you know, and, and I think, I just didn't think there was anything else for for Nick Saban to accomplish at Alabama anymore, and in college football, I think I think he'll be probably um, the new, I don't want to say Lee Corso because that's a, a shot at Lee Corso, but I think he'll be the new pundit, you know, on on a show, you know, to fly. He'll do, he'll do the damn Mullen thing, where he flies out on a Saturday morning, you know, to a site and flies right back home afterwards. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's different for Damon. I'm just using him as yeah. an example, but but that's how it's gonna be. And he'll do a couple appearances, you know, probably during the week from his Jupiter Island grand magical escape with his floating pool in the background and his <laughs> golf course and whatnot. And um, I I just felt like it was the right time. And as crazy as it sounds, and I know we're about to get into a coaching search here in just a second, it's crazy it sounds. Nick Saban, and I don't know if they've canceled it or not, but tomorrow he usually does a weekly appearance with Pat McAfee. Yeah, like
0: the the if Pat McAfee,
1: you are begging
0: him to come on with you. The can you? How much can, can I put you, in this hand to we,
1: make it worth your while, Nick? I'm <laughs> tell you, we have some colleagues in this business that are really uppity up. You know what I mean? If Nick Saban, yeah. he probably, he'll probably cancel it. I don't know. But if Nick say when we're gonna were to go on Pat McAfee tomorrow, and that's oh. how and that's how he announces what happened and what went into it, you're gonna have some folks in this business lose yeah. their minds. And I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Hey, you know, you know what the, the thing is, people that are
0: close to him say he is hilarious. Yes. And yeah. and I'm um I think that's one thing in retirement I'm looking forward to is seeing that side of him. That, yeah. that people talked about so much because I and I bet he is I I think Nick Saban being on TV or whatever to to, to me as an analyst would be appointment TV. I
1: got to I got to um I got to spend numerous times with Nick Saban behind the scenes uh in Mobile. Uh, he would come down for his his charity event every year uh in mobile alabama um uh, big big donor base down there and whatnot too but he would always come down to be at the convention center in mobile and the press would always get you know 10 minutes 15 minutes of his time um before he would make his way out but but there would also be times where you know we're all just kind of just hanging around till he goes out there and speaks and whatnot and he would crack jokes and you know there's even a joke i can't even say on here it's funny but um but he was he was always very personable. He respected everybody. Uh, you might not agree with everybody, but he respected everybody. He might not like the media, uh, in a sense of the overall landscape back in the day. But he was a really funny dude. And he's gonna be funny. And I think you're gonna see a more open nick. And and he's gonna be able to joke about, he's gonna be able to joke about Lane and Kirby. Yeah. And 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 Shane Beamer and Dan, whoever he wants. He's going to be able to have fun now. You know, yeah. he'll be able to crack a joke. Um, he might even be able to say the word ass on television or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> just, just things you don't see out of him now. Yeah. I'm excited for him to be able to just go enjoy that while he can sit back and collect his millions and millions and millions and millions, millions of dollars of revenue from a Mercedes or a Ferrari dealership he's got. Uh, I'm sure Alabama is going to be paying him for the rest of his life. Um, and things will work out for him. So now it's up to Alabama to go find the coach. And you know what? <laughs> I would rather be the coach after the coach that takes over for yeah. Nick season compared to the guy that's about to be hired by Greg Byrne, who, I... did, who did release a statement, I might add. Um, Alabama's Greg Byrne said this tonight, Chris. Brief statement on social media. This is on Wednesday night. He said, as with any – it's crazy reading this from Greg Byrne in Alabama talking about a football coach. As with any coaching search, our goal is to be thorough but uh, expedient. Our ideal candidate will be strong in recruiting and relationship-building, player development, excel in X's and O's, and have the overall ability to lead this historic program. There will be plenty of rumors out there during this process. Next time I talk publicly will be to announce our new head coach. Mm. If you don't hear it from me, don't believe it. Roll Tide. Wow. Okay. Um, the obvious question.
0: Well, let me, let me let me put you on the spot a little bit. Um, either Dan Lanning or Lane Kiff under the
1: field, which are you taking? I knew that you would put those two together. Yeah. Um, Dan Landing, Lane Kiffin, or the field?
0: Not is a group. In other words, it's either going to be one of those two guys, or it's going to be
1: Landing. Eight billion
0: people in the world.
1: Landing, um, and, and Kiffin are the field. I get what you're saying. Um, I'm because you put one of them in there. I'm going. Um, I'm going to go Landing and Kiffin.
0: I think that's the bet I I would take too
1: and not because of Lane Kiffin, because you threw Lane Kiffin in there. Uh, I think Dan Lanning. Because the others... You think Lanning? Well, that would be my first phone call. That'd be my first phone call immediately. Dan Lanning.
0: I, I think I would take Lanning above Kiffin. I I just...
1: There's a look. Lot so, of- so a,
0: Kiffin is a good coach. Kiffin yeah. is finally... I always thought he was a guy that fell upward into jobs he didn't deserve. He, he's kind of started getting close to be able to, to write checks that his mouth could cash. Yeah. But I, I still think,
1: there, I, I don't know what you, I, I still think
0: there's, I don't know if overgrown frat boy is the right term for it, but there's still like, something to me seems a little bit off of replacing
1: Lane, or replacing Nick Saban with, with Lane Kiffin in that regard. I think, I think, I think you think and I think we're on the same page here when I say this, I think you still see Lane Kiffin as the guy on social media trolling folks. Yes. Uh, the guy that sending out pictures from a, a fishing boat talking about, and I know that's how they do recruiting. And, and and yeah. you know, I know Lane. I know Lane really well. Um, I think a lot of people see him that way, and it's because – He portrays himself in that way sometimes. And that's okay. He's social media king, transfer portal king. Now, I will say this, um, and I wouldn't have said this two years ago, Lane Kiffin is a different guy. He is a different human being than he was four years ago, five years ago, three years ago. Um, This is a guy who has really taken the right steps to – help himself out when it comes to this game of college football, being a head coach, representing himself, not doing stupid stuff that can be talked about in inner circles between me and you and other media members and not for public consumption. Um, Nothing crazy, but just stories that we can't really share. We don't want to share. But I I think he has done – you know, I've written about it three times now since he's been back at Ole Miss and different chapters of his life and where he is at now. I think, he, I think he's done a hell of a job turning himself around. And I think that um, – I think the flirtation with Auburn last year, that was that was real because, mm-hmm. because Auburn's a different job than Ole Miss. Let, let's just be honest with each other. It is. But Ole Miss stepped up to the game. You know, o- Auburn was ready for it, but Ole Miss, they stepped it up. You know, when it came to investing in college football. And, and nil changed everything, by the way. But I think I think Lane Kiffin he would have they'd have to really sit him down and say, "Hey, man, look, you ain't you ain't doing any more of so this." Things won't fly here that might have flown absolutely Miss, but, not. Yeah, Keith Carter will let him get away with a lot of stuff at Oxford. That Greg Byrne will say, "Buddy, you are following the goat." You, this stuff won't fly at Alabama, but I will say this. I know landing here in just a second. I will say this. As much as it's going to make things weird around Alabama, Alabama's going to have to change their way that they look at themselves as a program. They are not a program anymore. It is not the, and I don't mean this in a mean or derogatory way. It's not the uppity up of college football anymore. It's not. It's yeah. not. Um, it's not a media relations department that you know will rarely get back to you at times over certain things. It's not. You know, um, Nick Saban not going on social media or doing what I think everybody knows what I say when I'm talking about Alabama, a different program with Nick Saban as the leader compared to you look around college football and the way things have changed now and look at Dan landing or look at Mike Norvell at Florida state, um, or even look at Dabo and stuff like that. Like, you know, um, I just think they have to take on a new perception and I think it's going to take a while for the folks at Alabama. It's let me rephrase it. It's going to take a long time. I'm talking two, three, four years. You got to remember there are folks in that building that have been around there since Nick Saban took that job, there has been an old-school way of handling things at Alabama for 17 years however long. Yeah. That's going to change starting tomorrow. It's Mm -hmm. going to change. And there are going to be folks that aren't cut out for what the new Alabama is going to have to be. And I think think it's going to be a culture shock for people. It really is. You've ran things a certain way for so many years. Now you got to figure out, and I think your dog even agrees with me. Now he's fired up. I know. Now you have to figure out, Chris, how you're going to run the program and and who is the right guy to run it in the way that you'd accept it. But you also got to let the new coach do it the way he wants to do it. By the way, uh, overgrown
0: frat boy might have been a a harsh way of putting Lane Kiffin now. And I I don't want to. Unfairly attacked, but you—you you, uh, you know what I mean by that. I, I just—I
1: think everybody does because you, you sure you, a lot of people go off the past. A lot of people have yeah. a hard. A lot of people don't know the inner workings of, of the Lane Kiffin now, and if you yeah. don't, I urge you to go read my pieces from last yeah. year. Well, I've uh, seen or them or this year. It was in the spring of this year of how Lane Kiffin has um, endeared himself to his family, um, as 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 you know got. He, he is he's a father that's handling duties in Oxford and in California at the same time. He's a head coach that cares for his players, but he's going to have a good time at the same time as being a college football head coach, and you have to do that nowadays. You have to. If you're going to interact with 18- to 21-year-old kids, you know what? You have to find different ways of doing that, man. And, and 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 Nick Saban in Alabama had the allure. You know, I had a coach tell me tonight. you know, NIL, you know, you might have other schools offering you a crap load of more of NIL, but the allure of playing for Nick Saban was the reason why you went to Alabama. Sure, you can make some money when you got there, but it's the same thing that Kirby's doing now at Georgia, where you want to go play for these guys because you know what the next level can be. In Alabama, it's going to be a real quick change of scenery within the next three weeks because I think they have a new head coach hired I'm going to say within the next two weeks they have a new head coach head, uh, hired. I bet sooner uh, than that. I I I I wrote earlier a week. I'm just kind of giving I, I myself long. more. I think it, I I honestly think it's I I I don't know. I know Jimmy Sexton will have his list. Trace Armstrong will have his list. They're all going to be trying to get to Greg Byrne and talk to him and blah blah blah. You know. I'm sure Jimmy Sexton's posted up at his condo down in Tuscaloosa right now with five different phones laying on a table and (laughs) you know, fielding phone calls. It like your life. Yeah, exactly. Fielding phone calls from his top talent around the country saying, hey, I'm interested. Hey, I'm interested. And by the way, Jimmy Sexton is going to present a list to Greg Byrne. It's probably got about four or five names on it. That's about it. Jimmy Mm -hmm. knows. Jimmy's been. Let's not. And if folks don't know who Jimmy Sexton is, just go Google Jimmy Sexton, and you'll know know. that he's the most powerful man in college football from an agent-wise. He he runs college football. He's going – Jimmy Sexton will technically hire the new head coach at Alabama. Let's be honest. Like, he's going to place the next head coach at Alabama, just like he placed Jimbo at Texas A&M. And – Mike at FSU, and and the list can go on and on and on and on. So, I I just the field is very interesting to me because what really is the field? You know, are we we're not talking about Lincoln Riley, we're not talking about Marcus Freeman. Somebody was floating out there James Franklin. What 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 has James Franklin done at Penn State no. to make him worthy to be the Alabama head coach? The guy can't win in the Big Ten. I'm yeah. sorry. He can't, he can't win in the Big Ten. You know, um Jimbo's on a ranch. He ain't coaching again. Uh, Mike Norvell of Florida State would be the other name. Like I yeah. I I think Mike Norvell would be the other name. If you if and is isn't it crazy, Chris, that we haven't brought up that one name that everybody thought it would be for the last five years? Sark. Oh no. Oh no. Keep going. Keep going. Come My brain on, is you.
0: fried today,
1: Mr. Give Dabo. Mr. Dabo. Oh, well,
0: yes, of course. That 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 one did come up this afternoon. Um,
1: it's kind of interesting that, yeah, I haven't. I've received about eighty different text messages since Nick Saban resigned, and maybe one of them had Dabo Sweeney's name in it. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. and, not, you know, and I wasn't asking or whatnot. It was just people. Well, the Dabo adapt. Sweeney did not adapt well to the NIL era. No. And he got Dabo Sweeney at the same time, Nick Saban showed a new Nick Saban and a new person this year. Dabo Sweeney did the same thing at Clemson, but not for the better. Yeah. And, and the I guy that, that beat him all to the punch was Lane Kiffin. Exactly. Exactly. I think, yeah. I think Dabo Sweeney and I, I like Dabo nice guy. Um, Good football coach, but he kind of came off as an ass this year. Yeah, um, and he didn't help um, because Chris, if they if they don't if they don't win down the stretch, man, you're going into next season and Clemson folks. You know, if they win seven eight games next year, Clemson folks will be ready to move on, start a new area. So I yeah, you know. I don't know if Dabo is the guy right now for Alabama. You know what I mean? Like, like what do you think? Like two years ago, if Saban would have retired two years ago, would Dabo be the shoe-in right now?
0: He would have to be ahead of Lane Kiffin because Lane Kiffin had not matured a little more at that point. Um, Landing would have been an unknown commodity because he wouldn't have coached a game as a head coach yet that I remember. I don't so yeah, I, I would
1: think so. And it's crazy how far we've come since then. Where yeah, we're more talking about Lane Kiffin than we are Dabo Sweeney. Yeah, you know, and and sure, you can say the coaching tree comes from Dabo. You know, Dabo's on the coaching tree, but we're giving more life to Kiffin than we are Dabo. That that's kind of mind blowing to me compared to where we were two years ago. So I don't know. And, 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 and I don't think Alabama goes the NFL route. I think you have to have a college coach yes. who has you, you been cannot go the NFL. two years. And let me rephrase it. Let me say that correctly so folks don't misinterpret. You have to have a college football head coach who's been successful and knows the portal, knows NIL, everything that's happened in the last three years. Yeah got to have a coach that knows how to handle that not just be a head coach that's the game changer when it comes to the Alabama position and, and when you put it that way it, it's not a long list um Correct. Trey
0: speaking of fatherly duties they're they're calling me at the moment really yeah. appreciate you coming on on a moment's notice and and I know we will we'll, we'll catch up when Alabama's
1: hired a coach if, if not before I look forward to it. Always appreciate it. Uh, craziness in college football. I'm going to go try to take a nap with a juice box. And I uh, <laughs> look forward to talking again
0: soon, brother. Get the juice boxes ready, and we'll see you soon. All right, he's Trey Wallace. I'm Chris Lee. This is Southeastern 14, presented by Bet Online.